Hi, I'm Dennis. Welcome back one more time to the Serious Shift Blogcast. It's lovely to spend some time with you this morning, and welcome back from a long weekend. I hope you had a great summer. Um, I've sent along an article this morning from Entrepreneur Magazine. It's called Closing the Gap Between Brand Promises and Customer Trust. It's written by a gentleman named Bob Priest Heck, and I thought it was a fantastic article, which is obviously why I'm sharing it. And what Mr. Priest Heck is getting at here is something that has driven me crazy for a really long time. And he makes this observation as have I, and I suppose a few others, which is this. Man, companies spend a lot of money convincing you that they're not just a company up until the point of sale. And after the point of sale, they become just another company. <laughs> okay? What they promise is not necessarily what they'll deliver to you after the point of sale. And he says, you know, it's just absurd and he's absolutely right and the example I'm going to use is the hospitality business. Hotels spend all kinds of money convincing you that they're more than just a place to sleep when you're away from home, right? They sort of market themselves to you as a partner in your life, a home away from home, you know. We identify with who they are. Mar you know, that's the story we tell ourselves. I'm a Four Seasons guy, a Ritz-Carlton guy, I'm a Marriott guy, a Starwood guy, whatever it may be, right? And you collect points and they treat you nice when you check in and they send you all kinds of special offers. My good gifts, free nights, weekends away. There isn't a minute they don't have for you. There's not a dollar they're not willing to spend before they get your money. <laughs> then you find, and this is, it's not like this has only happened to me about 13,000 times, by the way, in 20 years. But then you're in the airport and your flight cancels. And you call the hotel and you say, look, I'm really sorry to tell you, or sorry that this is the case, but my flight's canceled and I'm not going to make it to this town tonight. Really sorry. Okay. And instead of the hotel that's made that huge brand promise saying, oh my goodness, Mr. Mosley Williams, that's, that's literally the worst. What a terrible day you've already had. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. Boom. Canceled your reservation. No penalty. No need to pay us any money. No need to prove your flight got canceled. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Just please think of us the next time you come back. Your day's been brutal, and I hope it gets better. And if I can help you in any way by getting you a hotel room in another city right now, what can I do to make your problem go away, including just let you hang up the phone right now? But that's not what they do. They say, what's your flight number? Or they say, well, you know, unfortunately, our policy that was thought up in a meeting and designed by lawyers is that now that it's within 24 hours and because you've done this and this, no, sorry, you've been charged. You can appeal it, but you're going to have to call back in regular business hours and talk to the manager and blah, 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 blah. It's brutal. It makes my head hurt just to tell you that story. If your promise is one thing, you got to back it up. And after the sale is where trust with clients is built. And I'm going to argue that this is all completely relevant because your best marketing is your customer experience. And as I'm going to tell you in a moment, how you make people's problems go away is more important to them than the actual service that they hire you to do for them. Okay, it's crazy. Here it goes. These are from Mr. Priest Heck. These are his four questions for you to ask yourself about your own policies and whether or not they create better customer engagement and increase trust, loyalty, and retention and all that great stuff that all businesses are interested in. His first question is, are your rules of engagement based on the exception of one or best for most? And what he's getting at there is, is my hotel example. He's saying, holy cow, 
Are you are you building your entire rules of engagement based around that one guy who's going to decide he doesn't want to stay at your hotel tonight? He's going to call and lie about a canceled flight. So you're going to punish the other 99 people that are that this month or in the next couple of months are, who are going to have legitimate reasons to cancel. You're going to punish all those 99 people because one guy is a goof. Okay, don't what see if you're actually doing don't assume you're not doing it really take a look okay in the experience economy we talk about decreasing sacrifice versus increasing customer satisfaction zero in on the areas that people feel pain and eliminate that build your processes and your systems so that they're customer friendly it's about making their problems going away and creating customer engagement by not being difficult to work with the second is are you chasing the fault or finding the fix so Mr. Priest Heck goes on to say that there's this, his, his words are, he says, there's an odd bit of psychology that says customer loyalty is more about the problem a company fixes than the product or service they offer. And he goes on, he says, you don't believe me? I bet your favorite airline is the one that after they had to rebook you or reschedule because they overbooked the flight, they rebooked you in first class. And now you love that airline forever. So once again, We've got to take a look at how we solve problems. People hire us to do something. They value that. But when there's a problem, what they value even more is how we respond, treat them like an individual. Go back to the first question that you were asked, which is, do you have impossible, difficult, obstacle processes in place? Or are you literally on my side trying to make this easy? Third one, do you collect marketing metrics or assess the value of an engagement? I have posted a blog a few times now and um, it's about feedback and I've said this forever and now he's saying it too and I'm sure a lot of people did before either of us did and here it is. Full disclosure, my business partner Tom measures everything, okay? We know how many people open things, click things, look at things, how long they look at it, what they like and all that stuff. Tom knows all of it. I don't know any of it. I don't know any of it until I need to know it. I don't know any of it until we decide let's talk about social media. And that's when I have to know just how many people are looking at this stuff anyway. Up until that moment, I always have a general sense. Now, here's what I pay attention to. I pay attention to customer engagement. I look at comments, emails, letters, who shares, what they say, and what, what's it makes, what it makes people do, okay? I look at the value of engagement as important to me as as measuring the numbers and you should do the exact same thing okay um here's the last one and it's the most important are your processes about controlling or enabling ah okay so i'll give you a recent example susan in my office who many of you know many people out there have spoken with emailed with or worked with susan okay susan runs my life susan doesn't wait for me to get out of the way to get somebody's problem to be gone. Susan is the frontline staff, okay, so to speak, and it's so much more than that. I don't get in the way of making problems, cl clients' problems go away, okay? I ensure that when somebody calls our office, they get what they want, when they want, they get answers as quickly as they can, they get materials, etc. Okay? I don't ever tell anybody who's ever worked for me ever that they'll ever get in trouble if they spend too much money or spend too much time trying to make a client's problem go away.
Okay. If I come back and find out that you literally sold the farm or what have you, but you did it because you thought it was the right thing to do, that it was going to alleviate some pain and make somebody's day, I can totally live with that. What would drive me crazy is if somebody waited for an answer and they were waiting for me because for two days, for whatever reason, I made myself unavailable. And now there's somebody twisting in the wind out there waiting for an answer. And I've gone and put Susan in the uncomfortable position of appeasing somebody while they stall for time for me to surface and answer this question. No way. I am less important than the needs of my clients. And that's the same thing in your business. Empower your frontline staff. Do whatever you need to do to, to tell them it's okay to make a client's problem go away. That's the difference between a great big company and the advantage of a little tiny company. At a great big company, by the time the CEO hears that there's a problem from the frontline staff, it had to go through two quarterly meetings and a committee. <laughs> In your business, your frontline staff could be four feet away from you. They're going to let you know instantly and immediately. It's instant feedback and adjustment. Okay? Ensure that your processes are about enabling the people on your team to make problems go, go away and not controlling communication and traffic and all that stuff. It's ridiculous. Okay, Don't do it. Friendly and generous. Your absolute best marketing is your customer experience. Delight your clients. Engage with your clients. And don't be hard to work with. And don't assume that the sacrifice they're making is cost. In fact, people will pay a premium for an easier, more personalized experience. We know this. Anyhow, excellent article. Please make sure you um, read it. And well done, Mr. Priest. Heck, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to look into you and see what you're all about. Thank you, everybody, for uh, paying attention. And wherever you are, I hope you're having a great day. Take care, okay? See you again.